cheap phones are getting good, but not necessarily good phones are getting cheap because, you know, we still have $1,000 phones. Yeah, that goes from MKBHD, by the way. I'm not gonna not credit. Welcome to Techie Speak, an utterly techie podcast where Julian CB, that's me, speaks his mind on various tech topics for techies and non-techies alike. New episodes pop up every Saturday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's the episode. On this episode, I wanted to tackle the subject of foldables. Foldables have been recently back in the spotlight thanks to the recent release of Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 3 and Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3. So both have different form factors. The Fold 3 is basically the one that looks like a normal phone when folded. And then when you unfold it, it's a tablet size. Meanwhile, the Z Flip 3 is a normal phone when unfolded. And when you fold it, it's just a compact uh, phone where you can just put it in smaller pocket or a small purse and so i wanted to tackle the timeline of how we got here from the the first commercially available foldable in the world to today where we have two phones that basically aim to make the category more mainstream so let's start so the first commercially available foldable phone, although I don't think the Philippines got it at all, was the Royal FlexPi. I think that's how you pronounce Royal because it's a Chinese smartphone brand that released a folding phone. It's essentially uh, the screen is outside. So when you hold it in your hand, you're basically touching the screen all the time. And there's this hinge that looks like a flex thing which is weird because uh it would really protrude and make it not flat when you fold it and so the royal flex spike came out during ces of i think 2018 and it made heads for the simple fact that you know it's a foldable you can fold it it's not really good at all. So I'm not really going to dig deep into the Royal FlexPi. But basically, they were first. Samsung or Huawei, they weren't the first. It was this weird, random Chinese smartphone brand called Royal with the FlexPi. Then came 2019 where Samsung would become the first major smartphone brand to release a foldable in the form of the Galaxy Fold. It's a foldable phone where there's an outside screen. Uh, The first one was really small. And then when you open it, it's a giant 7-inch tablet size screen, which was very good for immersion. You know, big screen, very good for movies and all. They were supposed to release it in around April of 2019, but unfortunately, 
reviewers started noticing uh, problems with the device, including when you remove the screen protector, there's a screen protector, which people thought that it's just a screen protector, so you can just remove it. So when they removed it, uh, the phone started glitching out. And so uh, it was a problem <laughs> that they really had to solve. Another one was when dust and debris would go in the phone, particularly the part of the hinge, which would also cause problems with the screen fritzing out and not working as expected. So what would end up happening is Samsung delayed the launch of that phone for another six or so months. And I think Samsung really learned a lot with that experience. They had to make sure that it would be harder to remove the plastic film, go so far to put a warning label on the packaging <laughs> not to remove the film because it would cause problems. And they reinforced the hinge so it would be harder to have dust get in. Meanwhile, Huawei released their own competitor in the Huawei Mate X, which unlike the Fold, which the, the bigger screen was inside when you unfold it, Huawei's was similar to the Royal FlexPy where the whole screen was outside where you can use it as a normal smartphone with the same screen but when you unfold it, you unfold it in a different way. So it's like in the, if it was a book, so the cover would be the screen instead of the contents. And so that presented also some challenges including, you know, being very prone to scratches because it's on the outside. So I think that was also very expensive at around $2,600 for the Mate X. Though, don't get me wrong, the Fold at the time was like around $2,000 too. So that really didn't help things, but it was still very new at the time. And that's to be expected for new technology. Another phone brand that came out of nowhere with a foldable was... Motorola, I didn't expect them to do anything with this, but with, you know, the nostalgia of the Razer brand. So what they did was they brought back a familiar feel with the flip phone concept. So if you're new and you, you haven't really been up to speed with phones, so... The Razer back in the day was a flip phone which had a small screen and then a keyboard on the bottom. I'll put some links to pictures in the show notes so you can see them for yourself. But basically, it's a flip phone where you type with a keypad and a small screen. And that used to be hip back in the day. But with the Razer that we have from Motorola, uh, they decided to do a foldable in the style of the flip phone. So the outer screen would be a small one, like, you know, before. But when you unfold it, it's a normal phone screen. That also had its own challenges, like uh, usability when, you, when it comes to using the phone, especially when scrolling. So there would be a crease in the middle and you would touch it more. 
that would also end up being a problem with another phone I'm going to talk about. So after those initial foldables, so it was time for Samsung to refine and put out what they learned through that experience. So the first one would be their basically their answer to the Razer in the Galaxy Z Flip. So the Z Flip was the standout thing was its color, like this purple, sh purple slash pink, shiny and glossy thing that would be a fingerprint magnet, which is a pain. But yeah, basically it adopt it adopted the flip phone, where when you open it, there's a, a normal phone screen, but when you close it, it's compact, including a small 1.1 inch cover screen which at the time was really not that useful because the screen was too small for it to be very useful and so yeah that was the z flip and they would release a 5g version which is basically just a tweak version to put a 5g support on the z flip but basically just the same phone later that year with samsung they put out the z fold 2 so all their foldables carry the galaxy z moniker which i don't know why samsung would do that but that's samsung's naming i'm not i'm i don't work there <laughs> so with the z fold 2 they changed up the hinge the hinge was more durable now they even put brushes on the hinge so it would be more resistant to dust. But that was just it. That was just to prevent dust. It wasn't water resistant back then. So yeah, you couldn't just dunk that on the phone. But you get, you're get you getting a high refresh rate display, which makes the stuff that you do on the phone smoother. And it's basically a more refined foldable now compared to when they started, which was amazing because they made a lot of changes with that in the span of a year. Less than if you count the debacle that they had the year before. And so with uh, that in mind, with the Fold 2 being better in every way than the first Fold, and Huawei realizing that what they did with the first Mate X and the uh, Mate XS, which is basically a refresh of the Mate X. So what Huawei did with the Mate X2 was do what Samsung did. So have the bigger screen inside because of the durability problems. And so the Mate X2 would look like a fold, but with all the high-end specs, including the cameras that are really high-end. More on the ups and downs and foldables later. Which leads us to this year with the new releases of Samsung, the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3. With the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, there wasn't much difference between especially with the Fold 2 between the Fold 2 and the Fold 3. They only tweaked it a bit, made it smaller, 
made sure that all the screens have 120Hz refresh rate and added all the high-end specs. But what, what was so shocking was the Z Flip 3 because up until this point, uh, foldables have been very expensive. It would cost like $2,000 or even like $1,500 at the very least, $1,516. The Z Flip 3, it's shocking new thing was the price. So the Z Flip 3 starts at $999 in the US and 52,990 pesos in the Philippines, which if you're really observant, it's actually similar to a price of an iPhone 12 here. Like, give or take, 3,000 pesos. But still, it's already in that area. Which is nuts because foldables, they haven't been as affordable as that relative to previous foldables. And so, I think the Z Flip 3 would be Samsung's statement to make foldables more mainstream. As with the Z Fold 3, although they made little to no change with in terms of the design, just making it smaller and changing up the cameras. But all in all, it would basically, it's actually cheaper. So it's around $1,700, $1, $1,800. Which is still very expensive, don't get me wrong. But their aim was to make it uh, cheaper and made sure that they could refine and make the foldable form factor more mainstream, including adding water resistance to both the Fold 3 and the Flip 3, which was also a nice addition to see. Now, I've laid out the basically a gist of the timeline of foldables now let's talk about the upsides and the downsides of foldables so i'll be explaining it uh, upside then a downside so we don't get all the negativity in one place an upside of a foldable is having more phone with less space this really applies to more of the Z Flip 3 and the Razer where you get a normal phone size but then you fold it and it becomes more compact. I've known a lot of people really complaining about the ever-increasing size of phones and then their hands are not growing so they're small. Particularly women are really concerned about having big phones because it won't fit their small purse and most definitely won't fit their pockets. I mean, you could fix the pockets, but that's not that's not going to happen anytime soon. And so with the foldable form factor, you get to have a more compact device or make a normal phone shape and then unfold to a bigger tablet size. Like I said, more phone with less space. A downside to the foldable is still, unfortunately, dust. So, as I said, the Fold 3 and the Flip 3 both have water resistance, but the rating was IPX8. Short explainer. The IP rating, the first character after IP means the rating for dust. 
how a device can protect itself against dust. And the second character, which is the eight, is water, the water rating. How, how a device can resist against water, basically. So the rating was IPX8. X means that it has no dust resistance whatsoever. And eight is you can submerge the fold three and flip three in water for like up to 30 minutes in a meter or 1.5, depending on how it was rated. So what ends up happening is it's still prone to dust, although Samsung has refined and made mitigations, especially along the hinge. They couldn't uh, guarantee the dust resistance, so that will continue to be a problem for foldables. But we'll see in the future because if they were able to implement water resistance, so maybe someday we can get rid of the dust too. Another upside of foldables is the plethora of ways you can take selfies with a foldable. With the hinges of particularly both the fold and the flip, you can adjust the hinge so it would stick to a 90 degree angle or even you can adjust it to any angles you like, which means that you can use your foldable as a tripod to record selfies or like TikTok videos or a lot of things with the foldable. Let's say you wanna take a you wanna take a photo of yourself, but one, you're alone, and two, you don't have a tripod. And so when you have a foldable, you can just prop it on a table or like a surface, a flat surface. Then you can use the they can take a photo with the foldable. Which you couldn't say with uh normal phones where you have to prop the phone in awkward ways and Sometimes it would end up breaking the phone, which would be not good. So yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of videos, including ones from Isa of Isa Does Tech and Mary Bautista, and a lot of people who appreciate the flip a lot. And yeah, that's probably one of the biggest use cases they point out is the fact that you can just prop it on the table and take selfies, which is neat. A downside, though, of foldables is the main cameras on the back, like the back of the foldables, aren't as good as proper flagship smartphones. Like, let's say the S21 Ultra has this up to 50 times zoom, but then you don't really see that with the foldables. I know that's because of uh, how to spa save space, but... That's still a concern, especially if you're gonna charge flagship prices for foldables. You want to make sure that the cameras are on point or even better. And so it would be kind of a tough sell, but like for most people, that would probably be fine. Another upside for foldables now, especially flip phones. It's kind of a nostalgia act where those who experienced those kind of phones back then reminisce and it could really sell to more people, especially with the flip phone. I'm not personally convinced with the Fold's form factor, but it's an interesting experience to see if more and more people would want to take advantage of 
a bigger screen, especially with the fact that most apps aren't optimized that much with that kind of form factor. Although Samsung's working hard to try and build that out. But if YouTube doesn't work in parity with like other normal phones, then yeah, that's that's a problem. A big downside though to foldables, this is specific to here in the Philippines, is even though, yes, the Flip 3 is at its most affordable, probably the most mainstream foldable yet with its price point, it's still too high to, for most people here in the Philippines. You won't be seeing foldables cost half the price, like 20,000, 30,000 pesos. Foldables aren't at that level yet, and it would take a Chinese smartphone brand like Xiaomi or the like to bring down that cost. But until such time that foldables are a proven form factor, I don't think we'll be able to see foldables that are as affordable as normal mid-range smartphones. I don't think we'll see a mid-range foldable anytime soon. But if technology has taught us anything, it's that cheap phones are getting good, but not necessarily good phones are getting cheap because, you know, we still have $1,000 phones. Yeah, that goes from MKBHD, by the way. I'm not gonna not credit. I'm just hoping that as we move forward in time, that we'll see more and more foldables to the point that we can buy them for a more affordable price than what they are now. Because admittedly, not everyone's gonna bite the bullet on a 50,000 smartphone that folds and could break more easily than a normal one. It's not really much of a good investment over time. For now, we'll see. I like having this foldable form factor, but let's see in the future and see what it what it holds for foldables, whether the form factors we have now are good enough or should there be another breakthrough in tech in order for us to make foldables a compelling form factor. Oh, another another bonus downside, battery life. Uh, I've seen multiple Z Flip 3 reviews now and one complaint they really have is the battery life. I think the Z Flip 3 has a 3300 mAh battery and boy, that doesn't last long at all. If you're looking around with the normal flagship phones now, they have like at least 4,500 milliamp hour batteries or like around that ballpark. But yeah, having a 3,300 milliamp hour battery, which doesn't sound like a lot, that wouldn't last a day, especially if you're running a display that's eating up more battery than ever. So I hope to see improvements in battery tech as well. So that's it for my viewpoint on foldables. They're a really intriguing form factor, but I think there should be more happening 
in order for foldables to be as mainstream as normal phones. But if the industry keeps pushing, I think I think we can get there. But yeah, it'll all depend on what technologies that come in the future. That's it for this episode of Techie Speak. I hope you enjoy me talking about uh, foldables. I used to be really skeptical about foldables because the fold wasn't really for me. But I feel like I could rock a flip. The Z Flip 3 especially because the colors are so good. Really on point. So yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoyed. Bye! Thanks for listening to this episode of Techie Speak, an utterly techie podcast. You can follow at Utterly Techie on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out utterlytechie.com in order to discover more of the techie life through tech news, reviews, and opinions. See you next week!